what I do know is, is is that every single time that something new is illuminated and I understand it and I apply it, it has a huge impact in my life. Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits. I'm your host, Bridget Quarns. In this episode, I really wanted to bring you sort of a one-year return to the title of this podcast, which is Passionate Pursuits, and dig into what exactly does that mean, and how do we find our passions and pursue them, and what does it look like for someone who's doing that in their own life? So in this conversation, my co-host Beth Orr and I discuss our passionate pursuits and how they might apply to you. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of Beth Orr joining me again. And for anyone who didn't get a chance to listen to her first episode a while back now, she's an authenticity and intuition coach and guide and my co-host on our videocast and podcast, Click Moments and Passionate Pursuits, The Unfolding. And we found each other through a women's business accelerator and quickly learned that we are colleagues who are really collaborating on the same body of work. And that is activating potential and amplifying the energy in people's lives and sending them out on these passionate pursuits. So what we're really here to talk about today is what is a passionate pursuit and what does that look like kind of in real time since both of us have done a lot of work around that in our own lives. So I am going to hand it over to Beth and we're just going to kind of ping pong this idea until we get some real meat on it and develop it so that people can understand what this really looks like and feels like pursuing your passions. Great. Thank you for the intro, Bridget, and for inviting me on this episode, because as you know, passionate pursuits is something that's really important to me. Um, That is, um, I think, the phrase and the avenue that brought me to where I am right now, living in, in my world, I talk about living, you know, your authentic life. And to me, part of living one's authentic life is actually finding what it is that we're passionate about. Um, I like to say that it's about finding your emphatic yes. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the the passion in our lives that we have in all areas, I think a lot of times people think of passion as being so myopic and, you know, it's, it's with, you know, maybe one relationship in our life, but yet passion can um, spill over into all aspects of our life. And that's always my hope has been in the last few years as I've been, um, really very intentionally devoting time to finding who I am and what I'm passionate about outside of what I should or what the, even the framework of well-intentioned others have shown me what that's allowed for me to do by getting out of those um, lenses. It's allowed for me to really tune into my body and tune into my experiences and say, what does this do inside me? As I just get curious about this particular area of my life, does it energize me? Does it deplete me? Do I lean in? Do I lean out? Do I feel expansive? Do I contract? Mm -hmm. I'm always paying attention to these different states and something that energizes me, that makes me lean in, that feels expansive, 
is often an emphatic yes. And something that I'm being invited to be passionate about because it does something within me that makes me feel more fully alive, given the unique individual that I am. Yeah. I I love that you hit on the idea of um, that it spills over into all areas of your life, because something I noticed when I started following this for myself was that it got really blurry where my passionate pursuit ended and life began. Like it just became, it became like this, um, like I'm, I'm imagining a photographer with, with a, with a camera. And I remember like way back in the day, like early, early photography, you could drop over like these colored sheets right. Of like, of, of like transparent colored sheets. And I just saw like, this is my life before I started pursuing this. And now I've dropped this over and it colors everything. Like there isn't anything that isn't touched by pursuing this calling. I call them soul callings. So I knew that what I was looking for in terms of something that would make me feel more myself, make me feel whole was that there had to be this calling on my life that I came here for. And when I was a a little, little kid, like I knew that I, I used to talk about the fact that I just wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And so I knew at this soul level, like this precognitive level that I was here for a purpose. And I've Honestly, if I if I really think about it, I've been kind of chasing that purpose down ever since I thought about it the first time. Well, what is that thing? And when I I look at it in the way that you've talked about it, having this somatic response to things, that has been historically how I've known that a step was right or wrong towards that path. So I've taken a lot of sidesteps. But, and some of them I, I went on for years, but I knew it was a sidestep. I knew it wasn't that path. And I think the the beautiful thing is that I've noticed that, that God, the universe, spirit, just kind of gently nudges us back towards the path. And as long as we have some minute level of understanding or focus or clarity that there even is a path that exists for our life, then I think there's potential for spirit to nudge us back towards that path. So I guess what I'm curious about and what I've heard a lot of people ask about when I talked to them about passionate pursuits and about following mine was like, well, from the outside, it appears as though the person on this pursuit was doing nothing, 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 nothing. And then bam, changed their entire life overnight and everything shifted. But being on like the backstage side of that, I know, and you know, that there are all these intermediary first steps that we're taking that no one necessarily sees. So it appears as though this like magical thing has shifted overnight but I'm curious if you could talk about what was going on like behind the scenes for you as you were getting ready to take that massive, big step. Mm. 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, as I think about that, there was a lot of tuning in to an awareness of that there was an obvious closed door in front of me. Mm. There was like this, this emphatic, no, it's not this. And, and I kept wanting to go through the door and I kept going like, oh, this used to be my emphatic. Yes. This used to be a door that was open for me. I want to keep going in this door. I like this door. And the door kept being clearly closed. Mm. And so part of it was allowing myself to catch up to that. You know, I grew up in a time where people were lifers in their career. Like you'd stay at the same company for your whole life and like you'd retire at that company. And so it's been kind of an evolution in my lifetime to see people maybe have a second company or a second career. That's kind of a new concept. And nowadays it's like people just move jobs. They don't even think anything about it. Like that's where I come from. There's this devotion to places and, um, I had to come to a realization that there was there were closed doors in front of me and that those weren't me closing the door because I kept trying to go in, that it was the universe closing the door. And mm -hmm. suddenly, once I had that awareness that that door was shut for a reason so that another door could open, but I didn't know what that new door was. I just had some vague understandings of where I maybe should plant some seeds and maybe should start being curious about, wait, like there's these these small little whispers of something to do. What about following those? Mm -hmm. And so once I, once I accepted that and realized that it was not me shutting the door and actually it was to me trying to keep a door open that was clearly shut. Then I was able to say like immediately a new door opened and it wasn't just seeds. That was all I was able to see before that there was a very clear door open. And that was for me at that particular juncture to write the book that I had been wanting to write and, and go on that, um, go on that, um, new path without an understanding of an outcome. Um, I was trying to put an outcome to it, but I just knew that that was my next right step and that that was the direction that I needed to go. And that's where my heart wanted to go. It was like my heart with everything in me said, this is a labor of love. This is something that you're doing that is really meaningful between me and my grandmother at the time to follow this path and to put this into the world. And I did, I couldn't see where it was going, but I just knew I was supposed to follow that and that I would just, a, a road would, would rise up. Mm -hmm. So part of that early beginning was coming to terms with and grieving leaving behind a life that was a life that I felt like I was building and that I loved. And then I got sent in a new direction. And at first it was like, sometimes we can be victims in that. We can be like, why is this door shut? Um, we can blame the humans here that are feeling like part of a closed door. But the reality is, is that there's a real relief to recognizing these humans on earth are just part of closing a, a universal door. And once I understood that I was somehow 
a part of this. Like I, I, I probably was part of this door closing at some point too, when making a decision, then I was like, okay, but I had to grieve that I had to be aware. I had to see exactly where I was. I had to feel the emotions of that door and the grief of that door closing, knowing that things were getting ready to change, knowing that I was going to be uncertain, that I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, knowing that there would be fear on this path. But I just knew my heart was all in. And that some part of me, I remember this so clearly, some part of me I knew would die if I didn't take this path. Like, it felt like my whole being, like twice I had had some really deep medical issues and it was because I wasn't willing to walk in the new path and it, it, I wasn't willing to, to say the store is closed. I knew that there was a potential of continuing to have physical issues because the universe was like pushing me in a new direction. It was encouraging me to, to find the way forward. But I also felt it really clearly in my heart. My heart was breaking by not fulfilling this like agreement it felt like an agreement that i had made my heart was breaking that i was not strong enough to walk through that door until it was so, it hurt so much like it chokes me up right now like i i remember the pain of not walking through that door because i was so afraid and it was like finally some part of me was like you have to do this like, you're not going to be okay at the end of your life if you don't follow this. But I would be okay if I left all the rest of it behind. Like, I could live with that. But I knew I couldn't live with if I didn't answer this call, whatever it was. And and it was unclear. But I, it, it's like sometimes we get too complicated with the details. And sometimes there's like this little this or that. Yeah, And I just got down to the simplicity of, do I stay or do I go? And the staying felt painful. It felt like a closed door. It felt constricting. I couldn't breathe. And when I would think of this new direction, I felt that feels right. And I don't understand it. And I can't wrap my brain around it. But every single fiber in me says yes. And so I just knew I had to take that. Finally, I just, I was like, I have to take this path. I have to walk this path because literally my body will not let me do it, not do it anymore. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to draw out there. Um, I know that both of us talk about having had the same sort of physical manifestations of our non-compliance with this agreement in the beginning. So I think that often pain or dis-ease within our bodies can be a signal to us that we really, really need to pay attention to what we are believing and the actions that we are taking or not taking. And for me, the same thing happened. I literally had my heart breaking and was told that that was what was going on. And it, it, I, I, this is really interesting because I wrote down deathbed regrets as a tool that, that I used when I was yes. going through this, this process. 
but I got to have that deathbed moment. Like I was laying in a bed and being told that I was dying. So I got a real experience with that deathbed moment. And all I could think was it it's it is so clear and so easy to choose a path that's right for you yeah. when you think that you're not going to have a choice to choose a path at all. So when you're told either you can choose the path that's right for you or you can cut out early and be done with this experience. Yeah. It's like it's it's almost like the universe is like, "All right, you don't want to do it. We're going to pluck you because you're not fulfilling the agreement that you made." That's fine. That's your choice. You've got free will. But if you're not going to do it at this point, then you're done. There's nothing else for you here. Yeah. So that that's a real point of clarity that I I like to take people through that exercise when they're not under that kind of pressure, but right. It was real effective for me being under that kind of pressure to go, oh, well, this is really obvious. Of course, I'm going to follow. Like I came here for a purpose that makes it really easy because not having life versus maybe not knowing where my meal is going to come from tomorrow, I would choose. I think the universe will probably provide that meal and everything's going to be fine versus no options at all. So I'll take I'll take uh, uncertain financial circumstances over death, please. Um, so that made it really easy. But oh gosh, something else I wrote down was that you were talking about how, as you were taking these intermediary steps, that it was just like, okay, this door is closed acknowledge that this door is closed. And once you do, then the road will rise up to meet you. And I noticed that something that happened when I was walking this path. So like I had that deathbed moment, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm following this. But then it was like, I got eased into it. Like I didn't have to jump full on into it because what happened was, was COVID hit. And so leaving my job as a teacher became really easy. Like it extended my leave. So I left my job and went on extended um, parental leave. And then I decided that I wasn't going to go back to that job because I was actually working in a school that their belief, like their foundational beliefs and my foundational beliefs did not match up. Like we were constantly in conflict and I couldn't be there any longer. Like I could not be in that scenario because it was like shrinking who I knew I was as a person. It was a closed door. Yeah. Yeah. Very clearly. So it was easy to say, I'm not going back there. Now I don't know about the future. Like maybe I'll teach in the future. Maybe I'll do something else. That's a big question mark, but I know that that's a no. So at that point, all I needed was an emphatic no. So that was an emphatic no, and I left that job. But then COVID hit, which extended that leave for me indefinitely. So then all of a sudden, I've got people are saying, oh, six months. I'm like, this is going to go for like over a year. And I was excited about that because I knew that if that dragged on and I was in this place where I was forced to hear myself more clearly, that I could get so much work done on me 
that I could really go deep in figuring out, well, actually, what is this, this agreement and this calling? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I could listen and I could read and I could have deep conversations with people. So that's exactly what I did. It was like this great provision for me. And those early intermediary steps were like testing the waters of, well, if I do just this one little thing, like if I have this conversation that feels a little bit outside my comfort zone, will the road rise to meet me there? Or if I if I get this intuitive nudge to go to this place, what will happen? Like what could happen? And I would just follow those because they were they weren't dangerous. They were just slightly uncomfortable. So no one on the outside saw these slightly uncomfortable shifts I was making along the way. Um, all they saw was this past year of shifting everything in my life in what appears to be an extremely short amount of time. But the truth about it is that it took years and years of shifts. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really point, uh, important point um, that you're making that this awareness and taking in information is so important. So this is where I think what you and I are both in part in many passions that we have in part where we, we share this passion for um, learning more about how this mysterious universe unfolds and how it works and of course i don't think either one of you have uh, either one of us have the, the the delusion to think that we're going to have it all figured out but what i do know is this is that every single time that something new is illuminated and i understand it and i apply it it has a huge impact in my life hmm. and if the universe is trying to get me to pay attention to it then I'm being invited to listen. I'm not following this, these concepts because I feel an obligation. I'm following these concepts because it energizes me. It's not whispering to me at this point. It's like loud. And it's like literally like, hey, pay attention. This is important. And so that's what I think, you know, when, when we, it, it, I think it got to a point where I started to recognize that if I choose to prioritize a mission or a role in this world that isn't aligned with what I'm divinely here to do, then I'm, I'm really kind of just rogue. <laughs> I'm kind of doing my own thing. And it's like, well, why wouldn't I? Like, I, I think sometimes we think that the path that we're going to be on is going to lead to suffering. And in actuality, what I find is that the closer I get to my passionate pursuits, the more aligned I am with them, the more awareness that I have with how the world works and how like in the universe is trying to supply me with information that helps me get to my passions what I find is, is it just makes me feel more alive. It makes me feel more joy. It makes me feel like all of the good stuff. And of course there are emotions, human emotions that are hard to accept, but we're going to have those anyway. And so to have a preponderance of your life that 
I mean, literally every single day I wake up and I'm like giddy. Like I'm like, I get to do this. I'm literally so excited every day. And it's not to say that there aren't things that I don't have challenges, but when you're following your passion and you're following your path and you're following your calling, all of the challenges are just something to be curious about. And you trust that you're going to be supplied and, and you'll be able to, to know and hear right action and you're tuning into that. And so it doesn't feel like what I, I know it can feel like when we're on the wrong path. Yeah. Which is suffering. Yeah. That is suffering. And, yeah. and even in my hardest times now, losing the most dearest people to me, like even now it's not suffering. It, it's not like that when I'm on, when I've been on, when I've been on the wrong path, it's been suffering yeah. because it's pain without purpose. Yep. Right. But when you're on your path and you're meeting challenges, that's not suffering. Yep. It's a totally different feeling. Mm-hmm. So to me, following and doing the legwork and tuning in around what are my passions? What is something that uniquely lights me up? What brings me tremendous satisfaction suggests that I'm cultivating and, and curating the parts of me that the universe has supplied me with. And now I'm able to reach heights that like we know that the higher frequency you go, the closer you get to the divine energy. And so anything that we can do to lighten ourselves, to make ourselves become more fully alive is getting closer to what we're here for. Those are all clues. How can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I got this funny visual image while you were talking about um, suffering and pain. It's like, it's silly, but it makes sense. It's like someone who knows that they need to go to the gym and work out and people are like, Oh, we'll help you. And they just start throwing weights at them. They're getting pummeled by these weights and they're like, Oh my God, this hurts. This isn't what it's supposed to feel like. But some part of them knows like they're on the right track. So how do we shift that? And then they're like, Oh, wait a second. I can use these weights. Like I can lift these and I can do this. And it still kind of hurts. Like it doesn't feel great, but then like the more I do it, the more I'm like, oh, like I feel, I'm starting to feel stronger. Like this is starting to work with me instead of against me. Um, so there's a way to work with the pain as clues instead of fighting and driving against it and resisting it. Um, and I talk about that on on other episodes and on a conversation I had with Carol May on on her podcast about working with pain. But can I say something while you're on this? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to give another example before you go on. Um, so I always say to people, because because I believe that as much as possible, how we get to these higher vibrations is to very intentionally focus on our mind, body, and spirit and trying to be the best versions of ourselves, like fueling our mind with very intuitively guided information, not just taking in everything, but being very intentional about what we're mentally taking in and how it contributes to uh, you know, being our best self. Um, same thing with our, with our body. I think that um, 
So when I was going overseas, I had kind of gotten into a practice um, in 2019 of, of doing some very healthy things for myself. And my thought is always, I tell people, if you don't like an activity, like if you're going to the gym and you hate the gym or if you're running and you don't like running, please stop. Yeah. There's way too many exercises to do that you can actually enjoy that actually contribute to your emotional well-being as well. You don't have to suffer through activities that you should do. There's way too many other things. So when I went overseas, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, oh, I'm not going to be doing these, like, you know, the, the weights that I got into and all these different things. What did happen was, is over the seven weeks of traveling overseas and carrying 50 pounds of luggage and another 25 pound backpack, which was all ridiculous. I had 75 pounds of luggage that actually, when I got back, because of less stress, because less actually stress makes us keep weight on that isn't meant to be there. Okay. So stress causes us not only to not do the things that we feel like we know are good for us. And we're like, we don't even have the bandwidth in us to do it. But stress also causes us to hang on to fatty cells. So without nine, with, with, with seven weeks of not having stress, and enjoying my travels and not to say there weren't challenges, but I enjoyed every day and every moment. And I was carrying and lugging 75 pounds of luggage, you know, periodically on my back and pulling it and pulling it up six flights of stairs because there was no elevators and all this kind of stuff. What I found was that when I got back, I literally remember going, I've never been in better health than what I am right now. I literally just intermittently carried luggage. I wasn't like I was carrying it all the time. I carried it from facility to facility. I only changed my, like, and mind you, I'm eating croissants and drinking cappuccinos everywhere. So it's not like I was like, you know, vegan the whole time or something. Um, I was definitely eating my share of cheese um, while I was over, over in Europe. And yet... I was in the best shape of my life, even better than I was in high school when I was working out all the time. I was lean. I was muscular. My breathing felt incredible. I felt stronger than I'd ever felt in mind, body, and spirit. And I'm saying all of this because when we just follow what's intuitively on our heart to do, I didn't plan to carry 75 pounds of luggage so that I can be strong. But yet I was saying, I want to maintain my health while I'm gone. And I want to be strongest version of me when I get back. And just by walking the steps of what was in front of me and doing and not beating myself up for seven, 75 pounds of luggage, it was, it was like, I started joking about it by just doing the next step and getting out of the way, the universe actually heard all of the things that I wanted. My mind, body, and spirit, when I got back, were stronger, and I wasn't doing anything. I didn't even notice that I was, like, working out. Mm -hmm. I literally looked down the last day and was, like, looking at myself, and I was like, oh, my gosh, who am I? My clothes fit different. Mm -hmm. So I, I say all of that because I think sometimes when we just follow what the universe is encouraging us to do, something that seemingly is, has no benefit to something else that you're asking for. If you just do it because you're, you're being nudged to, 
you have no idea how that's going to connect to something else that you're asking to co-create in the universe. But it is, if you just do that task, if you just do that thing. Yeah. Wow. That's a really cool thought. And that makes sense. And um, it's great to be able to talk about it on this side and provide this kind of example for people, because I, I know I know even after that, that really scary moment that I was like, this is terrifying. This is nuts. No one's going to understand why I'm choosing to do this, but I know that I can't say no to this. So like I was set, like the decision was made, I was doing it, but it's still really scary. So it's nice to have on, on this side of it, perspective that I can share, that you can share and that we can share with people and say, when you follow that nudge that you know, like, you know, so deep down in you, like there's people will be like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're saying, I don't know, because you're scared. You know, you definitely know you are fully equipped with everything that your soul needs to follow this because it's innate and inherent to who you were created to be. Like if you came here with this calling, with this agreement, then you wouldn't have sent yourself here without all of the tools you already needed to fulfill that, to make that happen. Um, so, you know, deep down within you, it just really helps to hear someone say, when I got clear and when I continue to get clear day after day after day, every single day I wake up and I'm in tune and in touch and I'm listening for my intuition, and I'm open to God speaking those things, and I follow them every single day. If I do that every day, now that I've been doing this for this period of time, everything that I could ever have asked for and then more, we talk about the this, this or better, the everything I could have envisioned and then beyond what I could have envisioned has started falling in line everything that I, that I could have ever wanted falling right in line. And it doesn't happen according to my timing or my vision for what I wanted it to look like. I don't get to choose those necessarily, but it's always the right timing. And it's always exactly correct. It's like, it's like the Goldilocks spot. It's, it's just right. In fact, when you just said that, I just had an epiphany that sometimes when I want to push something sooner than what it's meant to come, right? Like I want to make something happen quicker. I actually think it's me telling myself that there's something more that I should be doing, whether it's less and not trying to control the outcome and focusing on how can I just let this unfold or it's like me pinging myself like there's still something else you need to do to make this happen there's still like like right now like I, you know i still gotta um you know uh get this last chapter edits in from the editors right to make it happen like so if i'm thinking about something it's either me saying oh nope you've done everything possible and you can just release the outcome and know that it's gonna so like when i send it off to the publisher i don't need to worry about if it's doing its thing or not, because it's either an open door and the universe is going to have it be open or it's a closed door. And it means, Oh, I, I still have some work to do. I still haven't found my publisher. Okay. 
I mean, I'm two years in on trying to find a publisher and I'm like, okay, like from what I understand from people, um, it takes like 20 to 30 no's. Now I believe that it can happen overnight like that too, but I also don't think that it means there's anything wrong, but it takes the proper amount of time. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm learning that, but I think what you said, a couple of things, number one, when you were talking about God speaking, I, from my perspective, I just want to point out for those that haven't heard this description before, for me, that means, um, God speaks to me through my intuition. So when I, I look at it, like it's a two-way communication system that is hardwired within us. And so when I'm speaking out into the ethers, either through my mind or, you know, um, verbally out loud, then the universe is, is speaking back to me through what I'm thinking and feeling. And is it's, it's a, it's a, a communication that is very real and comes through my senses. Um, so, so that's like from an, a, from a listening perspective, when we're thinking about our passions, our intuition is something that we can cultivate. It's a skill that we can learn just like our faith. We can build our ability to overcome fear. We can build building our intuition is something that we can build so we can hear more clearly which allows for us to reach for our actual passion and not something that we're drumming up. Right. Um, but the other thing is I, I think a tool that has been useful for me. Um, and, and I like recognizing that this isn't a thinking universe, the, the thoughts get us to our emotions and this is really a feeling universe. Then I would ask myself, and I think this is a tool that others can use too. When I'm thinking about going in a direction that I'm like, oh my God, I'm scared to death. And I just let go of the rhetoric for how to do it and why would I do it and how are people going to understand this and all that. When I let go of all of that, if I just get to the essence of what it is that my vision is for what I hope to do in my life and what I'm wanting to do. When I ask myself this question, what would it feel like to follow that and live that life? What would it feel like to step into that life that I just have little glimpses of envisioning? What would it feel like to leave this behind and step towards that? What would it feel like to go deeper in on whatever is coming through to me? And when you allow yourself without the details to just step into it and feel it for five to 10 minutes, envisioning that. And letting your whole body have a whole experience with it. If that feels like an emphatic yes to you, that is your direction. Right? But it's going to be something that is so like it's mind, body, and spirit. It's not just like it has to be something that is not just for you, but it's for the greater good. And it's it's like something that's for all of us. Right? You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm jumping way back, but this is something I don't want to let you go without drumming up really quickly. I, I had this thought, we're talking about this universe and I have to back up a little bit to a core belief that I have. So this, this means that it's something I've developed and it may resonate with people or it may not. And that's fine. But a core belief that I have is that 
the substance of everything with which we can interact was birthed out of the essence of God. So this is applicable whether you whether you want to talk about creation or Big Bang or something else. Um, but the way that I see it, everything that exists, exists as a part of God. And it just burst out. And so that means that if we're talking on a high, like, technological level, that everything with which we can interact is encoded with this God gene, that it's all got the DNA of God within it, that it's all technologically encoded, like the matrix, like the the zeros and the ones, so everything is encoded, it's all encoded. And if it is, then that means there's nothing with which I can interact that isn't divine. Let that sink in one more time. There's nothing with which we can interact, nothing. No circumstance, no physical thing, no thought, no emotion, nothing with which we can interact that isn't encoded with divinity. Mm-hmm. And so everything, every moment, everything is an opportunity to touch the divine and to get redirected back onto that soul path. Everything is. Mm-hmm. And then I had this other thought, which which is interesting. When we go rogue, when we decide we're not going to follow that calling or that path, we're like a virus in the system. Mm-hmm. And in the, in terms of balance of the universe, that that has to be extracted. Like if we're going to make the decision under our free will to say, well, I made this agreement or I chose this soul contract or whatever it is, and now I'm not going to do that. Well, then like we're going to get plucked back up and we can reevaluate if we're choosing not to fulfill that agreement that we've made. Um, but a couple things with that. Um, number one, it's like to, to continue with your analogy. It's like, um, it's like, you know, there was an update and the update defragged, right? It, it went through all of this stuff. I think a couple of things. Number one, I think that's a natural sequence of what can happen as a virus in a system. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also soul contracts that we can, we can choose to leave. So this is where, you know, you see kids leaving before their time and, you know, different types of things. I think sometimes there's these soul contracts and these learnings that people sign up for that don't have anything to do with the virus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that have, so, so just, I say that specifier because somebody might be listening and thinking that that's the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's multi, multifaceted. So it's not just stated in that one way, but you're describing one way that you know things can be shifted um in in the whole system Uh, but i like that visual i think it's really it's really helpful um i was thinking about this this whole concept of of passionate pursuits um with relation to i'm kind of going back to i had another note something that you said that i felt like was important 
And, you know, I think about how many times I've said no to something that was a clear, emphatic yes. And, and obviously something that I wanted to pursue. And I felt it felt I, I talk often about how we have these. These concepts or these ideas uh, in society about that we're handed down to that are beliefs that we take on that aren't necessarily true and a lot of times people are described as like selfish when you go for something that you really want to do or you feel like who am i to do that um, which also says that there's like uh, it's worth or lack of value but yet if there's something within you that is just wanting to be born so deeply. That's the, that's the part of you that if you, if you do anything other than following it, it's like we're betraying ourselves and the universe with what we said we were here to do because we'd rather make the people around us more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I'll take it even further than that. I realize that there have been times that I really believed that I was just trying to make everybody else around me more comfortable by staying in line but really if we get down to it it's also an excuse for ourselves and we're betraying ourselves, and 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 it's an excuse because we're afraid mm -hmm. it gets down to the essence of this always is fear when you get down to why you're not doing something doesn't like it maybe other people are part of it but it's it's the fear of disappointing people it's the fear will they still be there it's the fear of not knowing who's going to be next to you when you make a tough decision or who's going to understand you or who's going to still have your back and not talk bad about you behind the scenes. Like it's all these things, but when you get down to it, this or that, where I've been able to override those fears is when I just get down to, am I going to say that all of that is more important? My fear is more important. What other people think of me is more important. What they say behind the scenes is more important. Or is me accomplishing this, this thing that I know I'm supposed to do, is that more important? Like when you just get down to this or that, I mean, it's literally what we're saying, this or that, then you have to make that decision. And when you make that decision, then, oh man, like you have to start living with it. This is where the suffering comes in. When you allow other people then you get mad and you're resentful and you have all these negative emotions, whereas the only place that there is life in my mind, I want to experience the fullness of my life. And the only way that I can do that is to live my life. Yep. Yeah. I, I can't be here for. Yeah. I, I can't live the fullness of my life by living how other people want me to live because they don't know what's been whispered into me. They don't know my skills. They don't know what's on my heart. But it's up to me to learn to activate my voice like Carol May talks about. You talked about her earlier. You know, it's up to me to choose to activate my voice and my potential, which my potential is usually throughout my body, in my heart. And I can't get that potential out until I open up my voice, which is my truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely, that's it. And I think a great place to end would just be to suggest that a good place to begin for you, if you're listening to this and you're feeling nudged that, that you have something on your heart that you really want to pursue, that a really great place to start is to use your voice and just tell someone. 
And if there is no one in your life who you feel safe or comfortable telling, reach out to us and tell us because we're here to listen and we, and we love to answer questions and walk people through these, these unfoldings every day. And also I would love to extend an invitation. If you enjoyed this conversation and you want to hear more about what these conversations look like for us on a weekly basis, we have a video cast click moments and passionate pursuits, the unfolding that I will link to in the show notes that we would love to have you check out as well. So with that being said, Thanks for joining me again, Beth. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I always love our conversations. (laughs) Of course, so do I. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits powered by Corinth's Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Go subscribe now. You can subscribe on any of the podcast streaming platforms or on YouTube. This show is completely ad-free. So if you do gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I'm so grateful for you. 